right, welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you for joining us once again this week, and happy Easter week and Holy Week to everyone out there. I I hope and pray that this whole season of Lent has been encouraging, has been reflective, and you overall have been able to to grow in your faith. And that's going to be a theme of today's short show. And I, I just want to say thank you so much for the listenership and the, and the support over this last year and a half. It's been a lot of fun. I look forward to, to recording these and getting down uh, to the nitty-gritty, if you will, with a lot of the guests that we've had and hopefully we'll continue to have in the future. Just incredibly grateful. Thank you to SoundCloud, our hosting site, and our YouTube channel. Have some engagement there. Always look for some updates on uh, Facebook and if you ever want to send a message into the show, feedback, or a question, or a topic, or maybe a guest that you'd like me to reach out to, you can email us at wsnspodcast at gmail.com. All right. Well, let me just start out today's show by reading for you today from Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to start out at verse 17. He says, So I say this and affirm in the Lord that you are to no longer walk just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves up to indecent behavior for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former way of life, you are to rid yourselves of the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with lusts of deceit, and that you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Therefore, ridding yourselves of falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, because we are parts of one another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. The one who steals must no longer steal, but rather he must labor, producing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with the one who has need. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but if there's any good word for edification according to the need of the moment, say that, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander must be removed from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. That's the conclusion of chapter 4. Again, it's a, it's a call from Paul to those people who have now walking in the light, people of God, saying this is what your life was in the past. This is what it ought to be now. Well, chapter 5 is where I really, really want to focus on it. It's just the first two verses. Just the first two verses because the beginning of chapter 5 uh, begins with a therefore. Now, if you remember, these these books, these letters were, were broken up into these chapters and verses for us to be able to memorize and have as a reference point. These were just letters written all, all as one full thing without separation. So... Uh, when the next line of verse verse 1, chapter 5 says, therefore, it's it's kind of like an exclamation point on, on everything that's come before it. It's saying, because of all these things, because you've gone from the old to new, light to darkness, therefore, and it says here, 
Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. So, as, as we are now in the midst of Holy Week, and tomorrow, by the time you're listening to this, we will have gone over Monday, Thursday. We will then have Good Friday. We'll have a reflective Saturday. And traditionally, it's a it's a it's a Saturday is is a time of reflection, of mourning, and then he has risen Easter Sunday morning, and we can celebrate that truly. One of the things that that I must must preach is if we're going to be imitators of God, we have to have the courage in order to do it, and this is something that I've I've really been fixated on here the last several, several uh, months is this, this idea of, of courage, this, this notion that uh, it seems that we're lacking it a lot in our culture today from, from our Christian standpoint, is that we don't have the courage to, in, in conviction of our beliefs, at least here in the West. I can't speak for those overseas because there's martyrs still to this day for, for a reason um, that are not afraid uh, to stand up for what they believe in. And I'm just wondering to myself, where is the courage of Christians today? If we're supposed to be imitators of God, Christ is our model. He demonstrated the most courage of all. I, I discussed this last year when I preached on Monday, Thursday, is that you know we, we are to be servants of Christ. Yes, and we washed each other's feet. But on the Sunday before, on Palm Sunday, before we even celebrate, before we celebrate the, the conquering of the garden and the temptation, before we celebrate the, the resurrected king, we have to acknowledge the fact that Christ still had to make a choice to go to Jerusalem. He had to return. He comes to the city as a king on a donkey, completely harmless. The Roman government is, is told this guy's a rebel leader, and he's here to overthrow and tear down the temple and make everything new. Well, again, from a secular standpoint, that sounds like a threat. But when they look at him and they see he's coming on a donkey and his followers are laying down palm branches, that's not really a declaration of war. It's a very weak sign of, mili of a military. There's no guns. There's no weapons. They're just doing their thing. It's like, oh, those are those Jews that are having their Jewish problem. That's <laughs> It's not a threat to us, so we don't really care. Well... He had to still go first. He still had to go and have the courage to say, I'm going to my death. It's my time. I, I know what's going to happen. And he does. What type of courage must that take? See, that's what's astonishing, is that he, he takes it with such compassion, with, with, with such, I say mercy, such grace, humility, he's still willing to do the Father's will even in the midst of that. And it's kind of like when you're preparing for this big thing, whether it's a big meeting or it's a, um, you know, a massive decision that you have to make, a financial one, or it's traveling someplace new for the first time. Always talk about yeah, it's the journey. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Well, you know, for for me, it's uh, after watching Lord of the Rings again. Uh, the films they depict the, the fact right in the last movie that there's this big battle, 
And one of the characters says, you know, I don't know, basically along the lines of, you know, I know this is the great battle of our time, but I don't know if it's the battle or being on the eve of one is, is even worse. It's like you're just waiting for it to happen. It's that anticipation. It's that, can we just get this started? And I'm wondering if Jesus, you know, and his humanity didn't feel the same way. It's like, you know, waiting for, you know, over 30 years to do this one thing. Like you know, when you're 22 or 23 years old as Christ and you're just saying, I got like about 12 years left. It's like, it's, but it's not here yet. Um, I, I just wouldn't be able to stop thinking about it. If I was told that by the time I'm 35, I'm going to be crucified. You know, I'm 28 right now. And I'm thinking to myself, that's exactly what I'd be fixated on. <laughs> I wouldn't be focused on anything else. I'd be focused on, you know, my seven years left on the planet. And it takes a lot of courage to still take that step. You know, Jesus himself, as as God, his, his path was laid out before him. It, it was always, the end destination was always the cross. That was, that was it. Nothing was going to detract him from that. Temptation, absolutely. You're going to see all that uh, come his way. But he just, it's, he's like Teflon. Because that's why he came. That's why the baby was born. And when we come around Christmas time, that's why actually I think I think more about Easter, believe it or not, at Christmas time. Because you look at that little baby, innocent purity of a child, of an infant in his mother's arms, and it's like that baby is here to die. It's like you know the end of that baby's life already. You can see it happening. And for me, it always puts me more in a somber mood because it's... It's what had to happen, but it's but I'm the reason why it had to happen. And still he went. Still he he went and did it. And I just find that miraculous, especially when Paul says, therefore, we have to be imitators. Like, do we do we love Christ that much? Do we love God that much to to return the favor, so to speak? I have to look in the mirror and obviously some days my my actions betray that for sure. I think from a from just a emotional perspective, I'd like to say that I have. I could proselytize and say, um, yeah, sure, of course. But do I really believe it? I mean, I can I can try to again proselytize and try to convince someone over like, hey, come come and be this. Come and help, come be this way. That this is something that I'm trying to convert you into believing this way of life, but is there something I can I can actually back up? Talk is cheap, right? So what I encourage us Christians to do, especially if you're listening to this during Holy Week, what are we here for? What's your motive? What's your purpose here on this planet? Really, what is it? We get so caught up in our routines that we forget what our purpose is. And I am been trying to at least talk to my congregation. Like we are here because of Christ, to do Christ's work. And that has nothing to do with living for retirement, building up of earthly treasures. Now, those can be legitimate things that God blesses us with. They're not evil in and of themselves. No, it's how they're used. But we're here to do the, the will of God and build up the kingdom of heaven. Make no mistake, that's why we're here. That's our only purpose. How we do that, how God calls us, whether we do it through our profession directly or indirectly, whether we are adding to the kingdom, future kingdom of heaven, because of the kids that we have. All the callings are different. But each one of those callings requires courage. It requires us taking a stand in an ever-increasing culture of relativism. Where's our, our moral conviction? 
our, our culture here in the West is morally bankrupt and the churches, it's because they've lacked conviction because we've given ground the same way. Our houses of faith are built on sand because that sand is based on upon emotion. It's based on our preferences. It has nothing to do with the gospel. Anyway, I, I say all this to say that I, I'm, I'm asking for Christians to look themselves in the mirror and being willing to be honest. I, I want everyone to be honest. If, if we're lacking courage, ask for courage. Maybe we don't know what that is in the end. Maybe we need an example. Well, I would just say this. If you're looking for an example, why don't you start out by reading Matthew 21 and read to the end. Matthew chapters 21 all the way through the end of the, the book of Matthew. Matthew 28. I think you might find some inspiration. Anyway, those are just some thoughts. May God bless you. May God keep you. Happy Easter. He is risen indeed.